0: Enter now at amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. That's amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. T's and C's apply. Joining us on Dylan, friends, one of my favourite players of all time and just all-round good person, Jared Ruffhead. Ruffey is a 283-game, 578-goal-kicking, four-time Premiership player at the Hawthorne Footy Club. Also won a Coleman, two-time All-Australian and a Hawthorne captain. Not bad. Recapping his story through this chat just made me realise how much this man has achieved in his time in the game. Careers don't come around like this too often. Being able to win flags and play some incredible football for one club over a long period of time. Not only has Ruffy done some incredible things on the field, but his resilience and positive outlook on life in his cancer scares throughout his time is nothing short of remarkable. Retired, now working in the football admin side of the fence, in list management at the Saints, it was unbelievable to sit down and unpack some of his career. Honestly, could have chatted to this great man all day. Early days at the Hawks, getting picked up with Buddy and Jordan Lewis. Winning flags in 08, 13, 14 and 15. Hawthorne culture and white so strong, including a chat about Clarko and Sam Mitchell. The importance of being a one club player. The adversity he faced throughout his career and so much more. Cannot thank the rough man for coming in and sharing his time. He was an absolute star. Make sure you go and check out his autobiography, Ruffy. There's so much more in there and it makes an unbelievable read. Let's go. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Many ways I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears, strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to Next. the Olympics? They're sitting there meditating going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How like, do this is I'm meditating. Like- <laughs> I had a Wu-Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's it. It's knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like- <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Gerard Ruffhead, welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. My friends is big, this is huge. It's been a long time in the making.
1: <laughs> no, thank you very much, Dylan. It has. I mean, with footy and COVID and everything going on and kids, it's. Uh, but we're here.
0: We are, and that's all that matters. You yep. are a very busy man, though. You're no, everywhere.
1: Not, I'm not busy. I'm trying to balance life. Yeah. Now, with um, two kids, Will is one in a couple of weeks, Pippa's three and a half, and then going from footy to full-time work, which you know. You don't have as much spare time as what yes, you once had. Yes, and and
0: I do like to say here a lot, uh, we don't work for the man, we are business. Correct, mans. correct. So Jay-Z. We, yeah, I like that. It suits you well. <laughs> um, and how have you been, mate? Obviously busy, uh, as you said, juggling work with the Saints, family, life. Like, what's what's happening at the moment? What does your, your week look like?
1: Uh, so, I'm good at the moment. We're, uh, what are we at, round 17, 18 of the AFL oh, season. Uh, I'm full-time at Saints, so if I was to give you a business card it says football operations assistant. Um, which is a jack of all time. trades really uh, Help out leadership group Learning the, the business of a, of a footy admin uh, List management Working with the forwards and, and working with Big Max King at the moment So I've got that with footy uh, And then yeah family life at home And on the weekends sometimes When we've got to be of free time I'll try and have a kick back home as well With my little brother
0: Has it shocked you That transition into coach Not coaching into football admin um, How much work actually goes in behind the scenes I think like a lot of players that leave the game, and, and we think we're busy when we play football. I think every footballer thinks they're busy. Then when you leave, you go, fuck, what did I literally yeah. do with my life? Like, yeah. There was so much time that I didn't do anything.
1: And players think that coaches have got all this spare time as well. But as soon as they go, <laughs> there's,
0: there's meeting
1: after meeting. There's you know coding. Yeah. Yeah, I'm lucky I don't have to do that, which is good. That sucks. But... You watch some of these guys straight after the game on the plane, like they'll spend an hour doing a quarter, basically. Um, so you can understand how coaches get burnt out as well. Uh, you heard that. You heard that Bevo said a couple of years ago, or a couple of weeks ago, sorry, that um, AFL jobs probably aren't as glossy as what they once were, mm-hmm. uh, just because of footy cap and, and people getting tipped out. So um, these guys feel like they have to really make their mark in what they do to be able to be successful. And.
0: You're so right. I think like leaving the game now, you can you can really see how not just like playing, but coaching, especially. And we've seen what's happened late. You just said with with players and, and Nathan Buckley and, and all these things that have transpired. But it is such a full on industry. Yeah, like full on. Have you been able to like keep perspective that you probably thought you'd have when you left? Because I still I still think about times when you know like now extremely busy life, just doing things. You know, working, family, friends. But when you're playing footy and when you're in those four walls, sometimes you just think that is the most, like... Yeah. Like, you just, like... You're worrying about corralling someone to the boundary or how can we do this better? <laughs> and you're, like, in the, in the scheme of things, that is the most irrelevant thing in the world?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, for me, I guess going to another club after finishing footy and the year that we all had last year was, you know, it's almost a throwaway year mm. for your work life because the boys went to Noosa. Um, I stayed back. We, were, we had Will... And then we left September the 1st when he was five weeks old and we were gone for eight weeks. So I kind of look at that year and think, right, you didn't really sink your teeth into it as much. Whereas this year, because of less numbers and whatnot, you do feel like you're working more. But at the same time, um, yeah, you understand. And maybe because you've been part of a, a successful football club and coming to St Kilda who have been stars of success, it's just like, right, these guys want it that bad that mm. they think that they have to do it right now. Mm. And it's not going to happen in three or four months it's not going to happen in 12 months it might take three or four years but as long as we're on the right path and and building something that they can sustain for long period versus a flash in the pan type thing um, that's what I suppose where I'm looking towards rather than just thinking week in week out wins losses that kind of thing
0: yeah I love that it's a very good point and it's something that I think playing at Hawthorne having that success having su- uh, sustained success is something that a lot of people and players and coaches don't really have But mm. obviously Hawthorne have had that Let's get into that later though with the Saints But um, I think that it's, you know that The insight that you'd be giving there would be incredible And I want to touch into it later But with this show, I know you're a big fan I yes. like to start at the start Yes It's a good place to start And the start for you was the Leangatha Parrots Yes um, We love them Daniel. here, We're big fans of Langatha Parrots <laughs> They're
1: a beautiful team um, Take us back, mate It's uh, a beautiful part of town Yep uh, In Gippsland Gippsland yeah so a uh, small country town about two hours uh, as the crow flies from here yep. uh, not many five six thousand people in the town um, mainly a big dairy um, area Murray Goulburn's one of the main businesses that keeps the town running and sport was all we knew growing up you know there wasn't phones it wasn't laptops it was nothing like that um, you know you, you don't see it often in the city anymore and probably the country where you, you have to stop the car to let kids take their wheelie bins off the, off the middle of the road or um, watch them stop kicking the footy. Um, we did everything: footy, cricket, basketball, tennis, mixed netball, basically everything you could um, in the town, uh, which was great for me because country life's the best.
0: It is. It's. Uh, I. I was born in Ballarat, lived there till I was two, so I still like to sort of have Plain. that country feel. Yep. I feel like the country guys are so much. Did tougher. your first
1: car have a blinker on the left or the right? The blinker, yeah. Well, this is what a lot of metro kids. What do you don't mean understand. blinker? Oh, they
0: like the the European the indicator. Car. Oh yeah. no, I hold yeah. Commodore. They, yeah, hold <laughs> Commodore. yeah. It was
1: Australian. <laughs> a lot of these boys have Volkswagens now, so no, they think no. you know this is the thing that you no. understand with country and city that they that they think the blinkers on the yeah. left is normal. Yeah,
0: no, that's not normal. I still when I drive my Mrs. car, put the the power um, <laughs> the windscreen wipers on every time. <laughs> um, so definitely country at heart. Now, fast forwarding a little bit. Um, as you said, you played all your footy there, you're a big basketballer. Yep. It doesn't get alluded to enough credit, though, of your basketball career.
1: There's nothing to it. Isn't it? it? Nah.
0: Is it? No, there is. But like, you know how, Troy, we had Max Gorn on a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And we said there was two things that get said if you watch footy, is Max Gorn used to like smoking darts <laughs> and Scott <Pemberley laughs> basketball plays basketball. Yeah, yeah. Jared
1: Rufford never gets played into Jared basketball. Gerard Rufford, don't need to worry about that. Why is that? Because I came off the bench. So I was a bench player in the Nationals. Impact player. Well, some would say. Oh, I made the numbers up. So, yeah, a couple of representative state sides growing up. And then uh, at the end of 2002, which was the Nationals in 16 for basketball, where um, you have to do all the funding yourself. You have to try and raise Mm -hmm. as much money to get to the Nationals. 2003, I was lucky enough to make the footy Nationals, and the AFL cover everything. So you can understand why basketball lose a lot of players and AFL – keep a lot because the funding you know we caught we had to drive a bus from literally Albert Park all the way to Adelaide for the Nationals in 16 whereas Vic Country footy you jump on the plane get there and everything's taken care of so yeah look it was you know you as I said you, you play a lot of sports as a kid and it came to about 16 years old where you said right, righto footy or, footy or basketball mm. and driving to Melbourne three times a week was too much as a kid um, so footy overtook everything really
0: yeah it's it's hard to beat footy I think just in terms of that powerfulness and the pathway it's probably second to none in Australia but good news recently as well with Della Dover looking to sign with yeah. Melbourne United to so do some big things yeah you'll go I will buy a membership <laughs> yeah <laughs> you will yeah, I will I will if he's because I, I think it's a sign but if he gets
1: picked up he's going to yeah. go back so I think it's a three year deal with an NBA out so if he gets All a right. chance to go back to the NBA he'll take that chance
0: cool that's probably fair enough to be yeah, honest. Well, I think that'd be fair. Yeah. Um, draft day, draft massive draft. Um, looking at it, like you obviously picked two yeah. in, in the draft. Was, was it always looking that way? Like you look at that draft now, it's pretty incredible how powerful it was. Some of the players got picked up around you, and yeah,
1: you know, some of them. Is there now still playing, Bull well, Buddy? Obviously, Bud and Eddie. Eddie. Eddie was a, a preseason pick Huge. one, I reckon. Huge. Um, so yeah, we had our school graduation the night before the draft, which yeah. was back home. Um. Greg Miller, who was GM of Richmond, rang and said, we're going to take it, pick four tomorrow. So I was, you know, pumped, telling all my schoolmates, told family. Um, Grandparents got the black and yellow streamers, no worries. Traveled down the next morning. The draft was 10 o'clock, I reckon, at the old Melbourne Park. Walk in, pick one, Delidio, yep, going to plan. And then, yeah, Hawthorne read out my name, pick two. And it was just like, well, that wasn't meant to happen. And then three picks later, Bud goes and he's sitting behind me. And then two picks after Bud, Geordie. So we i knew geordie a lot and we knew each other but not as a um close unit so um all of a sudden it was like right the three of us are moving from interstate moving from country we'll live together we'll do all this and we grew up together it's i didn't know about the richmond pass, yeah so that was nearly yep. done like well that. they said we pick four so yeah. i was like yep no worries i knew had known um delio from Vic Country Yep And said oh, we'll, we'll hopefully live together With a host family Or something like that um, And that changed Within you know 12 hours Far out It's crazy The slide indoors factor Yeah Footy sometimes yep. And all those things happening
0: um, You look at that So yourself Buddy Franklin Jordan Lewis In one drop. Was anyone else picked up In that draft Or was that just the
1: uh, There was a couple of others late Tommy Murphy Who went He played 100 games yes. He went to yes. Gold Coast Great um, leadership Simon uh, Taylor man. Uh, Matty Little, who's now the runner at, and develop manager at Essendon. So we they were a pretty good draft for Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, but as you said, sliding doors, yeah, like we could have been anywhere. You know, leading into the draft, we heard, that, you know, I was, I think Bud was thinking Hawthorne and I think George was thinking Port Adelaide. From what they, we'd been told, Hawthorne kept their cards pretty close to their chest. So yeah. they played everyone really well. Do you think like looking back now like, and, and looking at that, at that age, did
0: you fathom, was it obvious... Hawthorne picking up you three Being like This is going to be the face Of our next Team Or was it just like You just went there And it just wasn't even A thing you thought about
1: Yeah well Obviously not Because like Bud and I are 17 So that was I think The last year That you could draft 17 year olds early So I leave Lee and Which at the time Had one set of traffic lights You move to Melbourne You move to Hawthorne And you're trying To get Glenferry over Which is just You know You're trying to get lifts there You're trying to work out uh, Traffic all this kind of stuff (laughs) Trams, trains (laughs) Like I I, You literally had no idea and you throw in the fact that we're all going to kokoda too uh bud and i had to get kids passports because we didn't have any we had to get immunizations and then within two weeks of being at hawthorn footy club we we're over walking the kokoda trail in Papua new guinea so whirlwind story but great for us because you feel like you have bonded with the blokes uh for, you'd felt like you'd known them for six months by the mm. time you got back versus you know some guys who had to travel into state probably do three or four sessions and then it's christmas time mm. you know so for us it was great and the the way because we had all all three of us you felt comfortable and you could you probably we're probably smart asses and a little bit arrogant or thought we were better than what we were which um you know Hawthorne they were pretty quick to knock us into shape which was good for us too but also good for them because they thought right if we've got three confident kids and if they can play footy you know anything could happen
0: what you spoke about that Dakota trip then what does what that actually entailed, at Hawthorne? Because I know that was a staple for a while. I I'm not sure if it's COVID sort of delayed it a little bit. But yep. what, what do they do with it? Because Clarko takes the first few players on these trips.
1: Yeah, basically every three years, people who hadn't gone go on the trip. So uh, there's some you learn a lot about uh, the values of the Hawthorne Footy Club. You go there and there's a, a spot on the track called Isharava, which has got four pillars, courage, mateship, sacrifice and endurance. And if you walk into the Hawthorne Footy Club, those pillars are... Dinah bolted into Mm -hmm. the concrete there, um, and a lot of what the culture was built on was basically from Kokoda. So, every three years, the people that hadn't gone, Clarko takes them, and it's a bit mental as well, because they'll chop down a tree, and you have to carry the the big trunk. There's sandbags. So, they try and make you feel like what it was like for the soldiers back in the day, too. You're carrying stretchers with 90 kilos on it, um, because at that time, when the war was on, some of these kids are the exact, exact same age you are. So, puts life into perspective too and makes you understand it how good it was f- or how good we've got it because of what so many people sacrificed for us
0: incredible yeah it, it's crazy and i think it, it just sets such a good precedent for all those young guys coming in um i, I know when bolts was at carlton he sort yep. of bought something across similar where he'd take a few of the boys over to tasmania yeah wasn't quite kokoda but tasmania um and they do a bit of a camp there and do a few things in 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 the cold and, and do a bit of hiking and whatnot but yeah, I was always pretty envious of that because I thought, fuck, it'd be good to get away and, yeah. and, and bond together. Um, something that's crazy that we like looking back now is is incredible, really. Like yourself and Buddy playing. I think when you're 21 years of age, you, you're in 2007. Yeah, was that? I think it was 21 years of age. And from the stats here I've written down, Buddy kicked 113 that year. This you is in, kicked, 08. This is in 08. 08. This is 08. This is 08. So Buddy kicked 113, yep. you kicked 75, you're 21 years of age and you've got Cyril as well in that <laughs> team. Looking back now, not only is that like a big feat, but like it just hasn't – it probably might not even really ever be done again. It, it's incredible yeah. to think like at that age, Hawthorne was relying on such young kids to, to be dominating.
1: Yeah, well, we're lucky in a sense because um, we drafted Cyril at the right time. Bud and I, we'd, we'd been through ups and downs. You know, I'd played twos. Um, Bud had been dropped And been injured A couple of times and you look at those goals I think Bud kicked 80 points And I kicked 50 points That year too oh, So wow. we've had over 350 shots a goal <laughs> yeah. As two 21 year olds In you know um, A premiership year Which is just off its head Now Did we think it was going to happen Every year after that Yeah we did Because we carried on Like pork chops After we won in 08 But I don't think I think you look back Now that you're done But mm. you think right That was an unreal team And You know You probably I think today that I would have played with seven AFL Hall of Famers including a coach with Clarko you know throw Burgoyne, Hodge Mitchell, um, Rioli Franklin, Crawford Clarko like to get I think those, that many Hall of Famers out of one team and then you throw against the rivalry against Geelong, mm-hmm. Geelong are probably going to have the same amount so at times you look back at that rivalry with Geelong there's probably 14, 15 AFL Hall of Famers that are going to be on the field at once now I'm not sure if you'll get that again in the, anytime no. soon but you, you know the rivalry, everyone t- pumps up the rivalry you look at it, back at it now it's just like how lucky were you to play in those games yeah it's pretty
0: incredible and i think for me like when i was really getting into footy with 2008 so like i went to the i think 2006 and 7 sydney west coast west yep. coast sydney after that i remember that was the big one was was geelong hawthorn yeah and obviously you guys weren't favorites for that nah. game and geelong had dominated the whole season um, you'd come in and, and had the the upset of, of the week. You, you sort of alluded before, like, did you get ahead of yourself after? But going to the actual game, what was going into that? Like, what, what was the feelings going into it? Was it like internally you knew you could win it? Because I just remember that time it was very one-sided with you.
1: Yeah. yeah, we'd played them around 17 uh, that year and Hodgie uh, had – his first born. So Cooper was born that week and he, he tried to do a few things that probably not cost us a game but uh, turnovers led to a couple of goals and we lost to Geelong by I think two or three goals on a Friday night at the G. Clarko walks in Monday and says, we can win the flag. And I was just like, mate, we've just lost to Geelong yeah. who haven't lost a game all year. How do you actually think that? And he, he said, right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to tinker a few things. We're going to play with, add a few elements to the zone that he'd implemented that year. And made us believe then and because we were so young and we were soaking everything up as soon as he said that it's like well if he believes that why not now stewie jew had also come across from port who had been successful none of us had really had any finals experience he gets promoted to leadership group and says yep this we can do something here and clarker always said you had to be the best team in september now we beat dogs on the friday night in the qualifying quite convincingly beats St Kilda in the prelim and it was like we'd done our what was required going into that grand final and then everything just seemed to go right for us in that grand final. They, they changed the rushing of the points after that game because we had blokes who were kicking it from 30 metres out through their points yeah. just <laughs> to get a rush behind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you look back now and it was just like, yeah, every team's beatable. We were just got it. We got Geelong on the right day.
0: It's um, yeah, it's unbelievable to think about it. And, and as you alluded before, like how that sparked such a fierce rivalry yeah. since that, like that game, was it... Was it Jeff Kennett or was it Geelong
1: after that that said basically we'll never lose to Hawthorne again? Or they? No, it was Jeff saying that we've mentally got We've mentally Geelong. got Geelong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was... I think we'd, we'd beaten Geelong a couple of times leading up to the 08 granny and then post that, Geelong just seemed to get on this run. Now, we'd get in front by four or five goals. Last quarter, they'd come back, win by point. Hawk had kicked that goal off the yeah. siren. Jimmy Bartell kicked a point off the siren. And Jeff just added fuel to the fire. So... I mean, it took, what, 11, 12, 13 yeah. games for us to beat them in a prelim of all, of all places. Um, but, I mean, they're the ones you want to be a part of. You don't, you know, everyone says you you lost your Geelong 13 times, but it's like, yeah, but they're the games where you want to be playing in front of eighty, ninety thousand 90,000 at the G each week, you know. You don't want to be playing at Tassie on a cold Sunday or no, something like that, you know. That's what I was doing. Um, <laughs> it does,
0: it does, it is funny though with that. So you said in 15 games that you lost 13. Yeah. But the two you won,
1: one was a grand final, one yeah. was a prelim. Yeah, so I, I'd probably take that. Yeah, well, not with the reviews and whatnot, mate. You've yeah. been through enough of those <laughs> that it's like when you've got Clarko after the eighth, ninth time, and it's like, right, oh boys, we have got to do something, and then we keep going a few more. It wasn't nice. Um, on Clarko, there I had a podcast with Xavier
0: Ellis a while ago, and he told us a story about Clarko. Um, nearly knocking himself out <laughs> after all in once. <laughs> Basically, I think he was upset with the team, it's yep. fair to say. And Clark is a friend of the show, so he won't mind this because he's he's an alumni, he's a conglomerate yep. in there. Um, but yeah, I think he nearly might have misplaced his jaw one He's of done the, a few things. You've yeah.
1: seen the I mean you see the bit where he punches a hole in the G window. It's Zave who doesn't move if you go back and watch that vision, Zave just he just deadpans straight looks straight ahead doesn't want to make any icon of <laughs> the Carco he's actually tried to you know when the drink bottles were in the six pack there yep. right in front of the um, coach when the uh, half time address or pregame he goes to boot the absolute crap out of them one day they're all full so he almost breaks his toe in his like suit shoes the amount of dints in the Eddie and G whiteboards are mainly probably because of him as well want a well, he obviously knows what he's doing
0: after 08 Obviously, you win that, but yep. as we sort of spoke about before, whether it's uh, you know young uh, young players not you know quite recognising where you are, things sort of fizzle out a little bit. I'm yep. not sure what how you would sort of explain it. What what took place, I suppose, in that like 09, 10 and eleven.
1: Yeah, so 09, we had a lot of surgeries off the back of 08 and probably thought it was just going to happen again. We didn't evolve as a footy club. Uh, I think that's when. Coaches were able to get behind the goals' vision and marry it up with yep. live, so you know teams could work out what so we were, they were doing. Only doing that then, end of 'oh eight, yeah, really? yeah. That's when, when it started. When it to come started, in. yeah, yeah. Where clubs, if you look back at some of the coaches and us, they'd they'd have coaches that would sit up with a handheld, or they'd set it up in a um, in the coaches' box. We used to do it in a reflex paper box. We'd set up with a hole in it, and then one of these small cameras would be. Like looking at what your forward line was doing or what the defence was doing. So that was the ways that coaches got away with it back then. Wow. Um we came back with an extra person in body fat, so skin folds were high in two thousand nine. You came back with a extra person in body fat. So all of us collective basically came back with someone you know, someone we're all else. carrying extra. Wow. So okay. Jack wasn't happy. You I think you've had Jack on Jack Russell. Jack's yeah, on he, being yep. on two, he would have told that story. Uh so it you know, oh nine, we don't make finals. 10, we lose an elimination final after starting one and six. Um, Clark nearly gets sacked. Um, And then 11, we lose a prelim. To Collingwood, 12, we lose the granny um, to Sydney. And, you know, everyone thinks that it was all roses, 13, 14, 15, but we had a fair bit of adversity to get through um, 10, 11, 12. And it probably goes without saying, how much did those
0: three, four years of of adversity help you then transfer? into the three years of success.
1: Yeah, we we're, were very lucky that we got... We traded well uh, those years. So we got Burgoyne in, we got Gibson in. Um, Lake comes at the end of 12. McAvoy at the end of 13. So um, And Frawley end of 14. So over a four or five-year period, we, we were lucky enough to, to trade well and use free agency. Bud mm. left, Zave left. Um, so there wasn't as if we didn't have good players um, just coming in. So we had some quality players going out as well. But yeah, there was um times where you know the leadership group got up and said we need to change and we're going to be the first ones to change and there was a moment up in um where luke loudon got up and said yeah we've heard it all before you know what's actually going to change which was pretty ballsy for a young bloke to who hadn't played at the time to say yeah mate we've heard it all before what are you going to do about it and from then on it was like right if you know the old do as i say not as i do type thing was probably the way that we went about it and so post that um, we all held each other to account by challenging the leadership group first and then filtered down to the young boys and they just followed. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's a huge by uh, Luke Loudon saying yeah. that. Like yeah. just
0: step up. I wouldn't have said anything. when That's probably the problem. Well, that's or what like, a lot yeah, of boys, you right. know,
1: That for someone to say that who had been there four or five years and as I said, hadn't played a game. So he's probably thinking if I say something, they're going to say, shut up, mate. You have yeah. played a game, you know, that mm. old hierarchy system. But for him to do it, that was probably one of the forks in the road that made us become who we were. The,
0: the, forgive me if I'm wrong. There might be some bits about this that aren't correct, but is it right in saying through that period as well that obviously we allude to how many stars are in that team, yourself, Lewis, Franklin, Cyril, all these players who are dominant, yep. that, that the Hawthorne high, like higher-ups with Clarko and maybe someone else on the board actually took you guys away and had a chat about what was going to happen in the next five years in terms of contracts and offers and saying, look, yep. you're definitely worth more than what you are at other clubs, but if you trust us and stick fat, we could be on the verge of something special.
1: Yep, that that, that happened quite earlier. That happened at the end of 07, 08 That so It was before 08. Uh, might have been at the end of 08, yeah. Or, yeah, but they, they took us to uh, Sorrento for a night, maybe a mini camp or whatnot, and they had yeah, basically the core group of blokes between 20 and 23, 24 years old and said, right, if you guys want to stick together, you're going to, one, have to take less um, because, as you said, contracts are going to come, you're going to get all these offers. But Clarko's big thing was if you stick together and win flags, you'll get looked after post-footy, which, you know, I sit here and I'm living that because because you've got four premierships next to your name, you get job opportunities and get offers. Whereas if you come out of the game with 250 games and no premierships, who are they going to pick as a footy club, you know, to... 100%. So that was the one thing that stuck in our mind. And, and all of us got, you know, opportunities or offers to go elsewhere, but it was like, well, why would we when we can keep winning and then eventually, <laughs> funnily enough, all of them had gone to somewhere else anyway. But um, we stuck together and won flags and that's why you see a lot of these blokes having jobs. Geordie's in the media. Mitch is going to be a senior coach. Hodges up in Brisbane on Channel 7. Zave's doing his thing. So there's a lot of um, Hawthorne flavour pretty much everywhere yeah it's it is pretty fascinating i think if you look at
0: history as well um which is it's a harsh thing but it's also a fair thing in, in a way but to sort of have immortality in footy you need premierships yeah um and there's a lot of good players that unfortunately you know they're still doing incredible things but yeah. you can win brown lows and whatnot but unless you win flags yeah it, it doesn't sort of cross over as much as you would
1: hope well because you're always brought back to the footy club because you've got reunions like Mm. we've got a reunion every five years for the rest of our life no matter what whereas so that's that's a reason to come back we've only had one (laughs) okay so um but you know whereas other clubs probably have to through past players functions or past players groups that's how they organize their catch-up so we're lucky in a sense that we're forced to do it whereas i'm not sure you would do it if you weren't i'm in the giants past
0: players group there's about seven of us what about blues no, nothing in the blues. Nothing yet. yet. No, but there, there is a very strong um, spirit of Carlton yep. at Carlton, but obviously um, goes without saying. It's a, it's a lot older demographic, yeah. Um, and it's a, of the glory days of Carlton. It's not. Yep. It's not the latest, which is yep. sad because it, that's why you do play footy and those friendships and and whatnot. Um, those flags, you know, the three Pete we spoke about um, with with Clarko when he came in, he said a, a really pivotal moment in, I suppose, Hawthorn's culture and the success of finals footy was in 2012 i think against the swans when he talks where at sam mitchell yep and yep. his words not mine played somewhat of a quite a selfish game yep and the next year after that you know they had some big words about that and i'm not sure if it was publicly in the team or, or how it worked but the next year after that against the freemantle yep. it pretty much he played a very selfish game had maybe 15 kicks Paper said he was shit house yep it, it really transpired and, and made the team Yeah, it, was, it wasn't
1: just Mitch. Like Mitch, because of who he is and his status, that's the one that gets brought up. But I remember then the review of 2012, sitting there and watching every goal behind the goals and then they rewind it. And so you're sitting there, you just slumped in your seat really because you, you know your name's going to come up. You know that you're the one that's cost the team goals here or there. I played a crap one. I only kicked three points in 12. I was no good. Um, and so you, you've kind of, once you lose one, as well it's like i don't want to ever have that feeling mm. again ever you know so you understand you have to sacrifice more for the team obviously that at that camp where sticks Loudon spoke about us stepping up as well that was almost the catalyst we you don't wish you have to go through a losing grand final to change but for us to get better as a footy club that needed to happen now mitch was one that uh you know clarko said it and all the boys have said it he he tried. I think he played one of his better grand finals out of the five, where against that game in Sydney. But he throws the ball back to McVay, costs us fifty. They kick a goal, um, and it looks like we're just kick Jason and trying to bump up our stats. So he's one that you know at the time would have been livid, but three years after that, he's played unreal. And yes, he might not have got a Norm Smith, but he's played bloody well in three grand finals as well.
0: Yeah, it's massive, and like you said, look where it sort of got him now. Yeah, if you had had one flag, he is held in the same yeah. regard. Yeah, with the uh, something that I, you know, I've never really I played in under 15s grand final. It's still one of my highlights. But I think a big thing for me is I don't really watch a lot of footy anymore. But I always watch finals. Yeah, because it's different. It's a different game, and I think the nuances in in games are my favourite part. Yeah. Where I suppose when you've been in the four walls of a club. And you know, there's big gap, like in every grand final or every final, there's big moments that you go, that the external might not know about. It might not even be on screen. It might be a role played or or something that happens where you go, fuck, that, was, that saved us. Does anything stand out to you in in those three grand finals? That, oh,
1: they're, they're all different, yeah. really. Um, you said we were out of the five grand finals, we weren't favorite for four. And it's the four that we've won. So, you know, the Geelong one was obvious, but... Freo had this amazing pressure side that supposedly were going to, um, you know, just make us jump in that grand final. Sydney were the team to beat and West Coast had beaten us three years, three weeks before the grand final. So going into them, it was like qu- we were quietly confident because, um, you know, we'd would we been there before, we'd experienced it all. We knew what to do with all the new players that were experiencing grand final week. Um, the, the things you go past that you can't go past is Cyril's, Sewell's so first basically quarter and a half in 15, um, Hodgie's goals. Um, the game against Sydney I think is the best game we've ever played um, as a team just from start to finish. You look at it and it's just like everything that we could have prepared for worked and the way that the ball bounced that day was just everything was just in our favour. So I haven't really gone back and watched them. You are watching with the recalls and whatnot when you have to do it but um, – I'm pretty good with memory of um, what happened within game, so I don't have to watch it too much. But I'm just – yeah, you just look forward to the catching up now because now that you're gone, you don't have that day-to-day feel of what mm. it's like in the locker room. You don't have the banter in the, the, the spa or the steam room or even just little things like road trips with the boys and when you go into state and you bond that a little bit more or after a win into state and you're playing stupid songs in the change rooms and yeah. all belting it out at the top of your lungs. like Stuff like that that you go back now and it's just like – you take it for granted because you know footies i was like enough 15 years but if you get to 100 it's 15 percent of your life
0: oh it's yeah it, i think seeing careers
1: like a
0: lot of the hawthorn guys like yourself uh, has sort of i think made it look a lot easier than it is for a lot of people like it, you go through and play x amount of games and win four flags it, it just doesn't happen no nah. it's not something that happens <laughs> uh, you know once in a, in a generation really um so it's a, yeah so it is honestly a credit to yourself and. And the team um, that that have, you know, done it. Mm. But one thing I would think about with a grand fond as well and love, you know, honoured to sit here and talk to you about this is how do you prepare like going into that? Because like, I, I think about it now, talking about it gets me anxious. <laughs> like I'm feeling sick yeah. like, with, with anxiety, thinking about that, like how nervous I would be, that nervous energy.
1: Did it, did it get easier doing it or did yeah. you? It did? It, oh, yeah. It, because the the... the one thing that Joey said is, and Clark are both, because he was a part of it, is Grand Final Week's totally different to any other week. You know, the, the commitments, um, the parade, training, everything like this. Like Waverley, best of times, you might have 10 people watching training. Mm. Grand Final Week, you've got 10,000 people mm. busing in from all the bus stops. Um, the parade on the Friday, you know, just things that you... And so, you can shut it off and not enjoy it, but then if you never get a chance to be back there again, you can't say, well, I've experienced Grand Final Week. So... Every every grand final week, it's like just soak it in, just take it all in because who knows if you're ever going to get back here again. Clarko would never we're never allowed to wear sunnies in the parade or every time we're on stage. So like little things that oh they're wearing sunnies, we're going to beat them. Like little things That's like that, that that you'd think is it the long sleeve factor uh, as yeah, well a little bit? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So that kind of stuff like you'd think oh yeah we've got them. I love those. They're, I love those
0: hidden like messages that yeah. he does, and I've got one that I've always wanted to actually would be worth asking you about is like there's the shorts thing that he did in the snow yep to like send a message it's not cold sunny's is one that we've picked up today yeah and the no long sleeves and jumpers there was one that bolts did once and i I really like this didn't work but it was great (laughs) actually i think it might have worked i can't remember right but i remember one day we rocked up to um we're in gold coast and we're about to play gold coast over there and every assistant coach walked up and they're in a suit and i was like the hell like this is so weird like why are you guys in suits and everyone like no one knew what was going on he goes why do you think we're in suits he's like this is a business business trip trip. and i was like fuck that's so smart no i'm playing table tennis like the whole time thinking i'm (laughs) on holiday in gold coast like you know day off play golf go for a swim go to the beach he's like this is a fucking business trip yeah i was like
1: oh that's cool well you remember the one where he took the phones off us in sydney as well no so we got the incontinental in sydney Right, meeting room. Yep, everyone, phone's in. You get them back after we win. So we were in Sydney for the night, the next day. You had 10 minutes to ring your partner or your wife (laughs) and say phones are going in. We get them back after the game. So because shut it out, we're here to do a job, then we'll go home. So you can imagine the boys. Yeah, so phones are off, hand them in. So blokes are probably trying to ring their partners and wives through the the hotel room phone, but that was another one. The one... He, he, there was one where he, he... We're playing in Sydney again. It was out at ANZ and he, he walks in like a um, guard at Buckingham Palace. Like whole kit, the black hat, the red the red jacket. And he's like, what's the go here? And we're trying to work it out. Like we've got... Like blokes are probably trying to take pictures of him and whatnot. It was the first game that he'd coached without Hodge, Mitchell, Sewell. So changing the guard. So this is your chance now. This is your team. Love that. Go, like little things like he yeah. wasn't afraid to try and... um motivate us in different ways and little things like that where yeah he takes a piss out of himself but it gets a message across because we still remember it versus it's like you know everyone remembers Hodgie's shit speeches for games but as a captain you think oh I've nailed that one and no one will remember it but if you stuff up or say something wrong that's the first thing they'll remind you about when you catch up for a bit
0: it's fascinating and I think even just on the bolts factor as well I've got so much respect for him I know you would have had him there he he was I've said this a lot but him in a different club I think with players that actually embrace that sort of thing yep. would have been unbelievable because it, 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 a lot of things that get spoken about Clarko and I hope he gets another crack at it because he will make the most of it again. Yeah. I think he'll change a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I missed him. He came back the year after I left. So mm. he's been, I think he's, this is his second year. But when he was our line coach in 15, Unreal. Mm. Um, when he was box hill coach, Unreal. So you've had him as a senior coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, it didn't pan out for him the way he would have mm. wanted, but. I still think, yeah, he's obviously got a lot to offer.
0: Um, we spoke about before with the the um, way of staying at Hawthorne, You might have to take um, financial cuts to stay together and have success. After the end of winning those flags, yeah. was it ever in your mind to to leave the Hawks or no. get get taken anywhere else? Was there any no. big offers that came?
1: No, there, there was like one at the end of twenty ten, but I just agreed to a deal, and and manager came in and said, I. Oh, this mob's keen, would you be... And I was like, oh, they said they'll double it. And I was like, oh. Two mil, that's a lot. Oh, yeah. Because we were on that, Because we? we were on that. Um, and I was like, nah, like I'd had to move into state, um, you know, yeah, away from family and friends. I'd just started dating Sarah. So it was like, no, nah, I don't need to go anywhere. And I was pretty, you know, set in Hawthorne. So it was, it was more towards the end when he started, when Clarko started offering, you know, it was always a park or explore chat where if you, it's would do you, you want to go elsewhere? Do you want to, you know, like what he did with Jordan, Mitch and, yeah. and Hodgie. Um, and I got the same chat and he said, do you want to go to St Kilda? Do you want to go to the Gold Coast? Um, have some time to think about it. And it's like, send us a text. It's like park it and that we won't talk about it again or explore. And it's like, yeah, we'll explore the change. So um, I was 32. I'd come back from everything and, and, you know, I had what I thought was one or two years left of footy. So, to go somewhere else and try and start over again would have been quite tough, I think. Do you think
0: it was at that time as well? Because for the AFL world to see players like Sam Mitchell yeah. leave, Hodge, Jordan Lewis do these things, like yep. that was such a big shock. I think yeah. to everyone, think like, it was a massive game changer. How was that internally received? Like, did you think what the
1: fuck? Yep, or- yep. We had to. We we got together um, at a bar with um, the GM, CEO, like players and we basically just ask the questions what's going on why why are we doing this you know uh, we don't need to do this can we go for one this was so that was the end of 16 so i didn't play all of 16 um they were a kick out of the prelim fizzy kicks that goal they're going through to a prelim so it's like why are we all of a sudden breaking it up and looking back on you now you can understand why because we were old and whatnot but when you've got such decorated players you know why would you want them to retire elsewhere like they haven't had their i was lucky enough to get a great farewell, but we didn't get to thank those guys on field. Mm. Like, the last time that they played for Hawthorne, they've all... Uh, bar Hodgy, they lost. So, it's not a nice way to finish, I don't think. Mm. Um, I don't think you'll see it happen with the Richmond boys like Koch and Riewoldt. These guys aren't going to go and play for someone else. Yeah, it's just... I like the fact that if you've been so successful, why go elsewhere? I like
0: it. I, I, I definitely... If I was in that shoe, I think being a one-come player for me personally would be special, um, as I know it is for you. But I also think, in a way, it shows that the, the club was bigger than anyone. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I did like about it, just being like, you know what, how good are these fucking players being? But at the end of the day, it's... Well, it's, it's a business. It's a business. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: George gets three years versus one. Mm. Mitch gets a four-year deal, one as a player, three as a coach, wins a flag. Hodgie gets two more years at Brisbane you're not going to get that type of money just out there day-to-day life. So you can understand if they want to look after their future. And I've got no issues with that. But selfishly, I would have loved them to all finish. Yeah, Yeah.
0: it'd be nice getting all cheered off together. It's beautiful. (laughs) I'd have that photo hanging. Um, (laughs) With with Sam Mitchell, um, obviously went to West Coast, did some incredible things. They say they wouldn't have won the flag without him. Um, I know how highly regarded he is as a coach. Obviously, the succession plan with with um, Hawthorne's taking place now. Mm-hmm. As a pass player there, being a, obviously good friend of Clarko and a good friend of Mitch, how do you see that transpiring with everything that's, that's happening at the moment?
1: Yeah, uh, look, I'm excited for Mitch. Um, I think we've all got to celebrate what's happened with Clarko first. Um, not many coaches spend 18 years at one club, do what he's done, change the game entirely. Um, so hopefully next year's a celebration for him. Uh, I'd like to hope that he finishes out the contract um you know there's gonna be so much speculation that's gonna be the news story of the basically the next 18 months is what's going to happen there um but mitch is always from the moment you walk in the door he's just set on being a coach i reckon yeah. he's, he's got his philosophy he's got his way he's doing great things at box hill at the moment um so i'm looking forward to seeing some change i think it's good for the footy club who knows what happens with clarko but you know it's probably time um I'm more looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. It's going to be very exciting, um,
0: and and as you said, Clarko probably the best coach of yeah. ever, of yeah. all time, really. Um, and to think that he would see out of the year, like obviously as a Hawthorne supporter, you'd hope that. But like, I think it's funny how yeah, in the media we're talking about at the moment that like it's out of Carlton, Collingwood, yeah. or Gold Coast. I'm telling you, I reckon there's probably more teams than not that have they had in the ring for this gig rather than just three other clubs. Yeah,
1: and look. <laughs> Would it be great for him to have a year off and freshen up? I think so too mm. because then he might come back as a better coach because he's not going to go 22 years or 25 years straight. He's going to have a year off in the middle and then could be great for another five, six years. He's only 52, 53 years old. So Fag's is 60, 61 at the moment. I think for Clarko, if he had a year off and relaxed, it might be great for him.
0: I think so. It's pretty, as we said before with footy careers, how – Hard they are To yeah. even get through You know Eight years I was pretty burnt out After that Let alone 22 um, Can't say that But yeah Whatever it is Watch your space It's going yeah. to be incredible yeah. I just think The one thing that will be Pretty crazy And I don't think It will be the same As what What happened with Collingwood and Buckley Not in terms of relationship But just in terms of The the pressure yeah. Is that Hawks Are at that stage Where they're building Yeah, And they're going to be You know I reckon next year They're going to be A seriously impressive unit They've got three players They've got John Patton Tom Scully And Burgoyne potentially to fill contracts. So they've got a bit of money to play with of getting players, which, you know, your eyes would light up being a a, a to-be-list manager. And they've got Will Day will come back, hopefully they have injury for a year, Um, and and Sicily as well. Yep. Gunston. Gunston. So it's going to be pretty exciting. I think it'll be quite a quick one um, for them to rebuild out. So exciting times down in Hawthorne. Mate, winning four flags, um, a good part about that is getting to enjoy yourself and let your hair down at the end of the season. (laughs) you must have done some pretty cool things. Now, is it, am I right to say that every grand final party was actually at your house, yes. hosted? Yep. Wow. No, and
1: well, uh, so I'm in Hawthorne East near the g Bung. Yes. Um, and the footy ground Hawthorne sits behind there, which is on Victoria Road, is where we all met at about lunchtime to go to Glenferry Road. So I'm walking distance. Yeah. <laughs> so it made life easy. So when you were talking about before about prepare, preparing for grand final week and whatnot, Knowing the boys were coming around at Sunday morning straight after a granny. (laughs) You don't buy cans Saturday night after the granny or Sunday morning. So, I had to prepare during the week knowing that these boys were coming around.
0: So, you're getting ready for a grand final also buying 20 slabs, no matter what.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because the first... it, It did happen in 08, but 2012 when we lost, that's when it started to happen. Yeah. And so, after that, I was like, oh, if we'll just keep rolling this out so by the fourth year I'd only been in the street four, four years and we'd paid in four grannies but by the fourth one we had kids doing barbecues with sausages and little drinks of Barocca for the boys before they got because I'm at the top <laughs> of the street so some of these guys are walking up the street hung get a Barocca get a snag walk in and it's just like let's go again so and you don't get a chance to just spend you know a couple of hours with the 22 so to be able to just chill in the backyard or talk a bit of crap have a few cans yeah they're the, they're the photos and whatnot you look at and go this is pretty cool
0: yeah, i could only imagine how sick that would be like some unbelievable flicks that would be getting around yeah. I'm sure they're privately stashed um <laughs> is it true as well speaking to um your good brother by the way he's given me this one who's a great yeah. man also a superstar so that post grand finals there'd often be someone who'd come up and give a read out of the paper oh. the next day so like assuming that would they be actually reading it like in the paper after Grand Finals, often the play ratings are given. Yep. So someone from the team would get up and read those out
1: amongst the group. Yeah, or yeah, the paper would come. And normally the youngest, which was hilly, a lot of the time would buy McDonald's too. So he'd rock up with four bags of Maccas, spend a hundred bucks. And yeah, it was just, you're just reminiscing and looking at what you've done because you really don't have time to reflect within no. the first. That's why I reckon the day Grand Final is so good because if you've got a night yeah. Grand Final... Nightcramp no, on Oh, I just I understand it for the spectacle, but as players, I feel like day is the best. Well, well even watching it, it's just not. I really I, I think
0: they've confirmed they're not doing that again, but it it was in, it was terrible to watch. Yeah, even like you can't stay sober that long. One day. <laughs> um, the, who was some of the best blokes to read out the reviews?
1: Uh, Strato, uh, Joffa Simkin, who uh, he played in the first one as the sub. He was he was great. Uh, but there was a lot of people because Channel 9 would be there too we had to kind of behave okay. because we'd do the cross out the front so um, Hodgie would have to be in a state to speak I would too <laughs> um, but if you have a look back on Summer Vision I think Strato's in a wetsuit riding a bike <laughs> um, Bud's hanging out the window <laughs> so you look back and it's just like yeah the boys have won a flag and just let them enjoy themselves yeah
0: it's fair enough you can do whatever you want off season trips so um, very busy you're a big basketball as we said earlier yep. mates with um Joe Ingalls and Patty Mills. So you'd often get over the States in the off season. Yep. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. That,
1: always wanted to do Oktoberfest, mm. but that uh, I think was always that was later. So <laughs> a lot of players have the other problem. Yeah, yeah. So we never I got there eventually when I was thirty. Um, but I never I always wanted to go to Europe and watch the soccer and do that. But yeah, a lot of the time it was America. Um, getaways. Like where those two boys play in, in San Antonio and Utah, there's no real Aussie flavour. Like you go to New York or LA or um austin where you know the austin city limits and whatnot on you see a lot of aussies where you could go to these places and really no one knows you so awesome. um and of course you get to watch basketball and get a bit of an insight into you know what it's like as a proper pro over there um yeah it was awesome
0: the one story i've been told a couple of times from from the boys is is i don't know if this is true, it's unbelievable is it right to say that you were flown over in a private jet no okay
1: <laughs> No, we're, we've been very lucky that um, through a great Hawthorne fan at the footy Club Stuart Giles who's a he's Brisbane based um, he yeah he runs like a little golf tournament over in yes. South Carolina so we get our way to um, America and then um, yeah Giles, he looks after us and and we've you know been lucky enough to be on a private plane and so and place, well it's true it in America, we've okay. yeah, yeah, so and
0: you, well, there's more to this story, right? You've been dropped in the middle of New York, and they've closed the Dior store for you. Oh,
1: yeah, for him. Yeah, for Joe, you. For, no, not for me.
0: <laughs> not for me. <laughs> I heard it was you personally. There's
1: no way they're going to just drop. So they've closed the. So Dior. Jared Rufford's going to go from Melbourne to New York, and they're <laughs> yeah. going to say, "All oh, right, come in, mate. We're going to shut
0: the whole store for you." So they've closed the store for him, but you guys have gone in. Correct. What was that like? Oh, did This is get this anything?
1: Is, I bought Sarah a card holder. I think. <laughs> 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 They've closed the store, and you've just gone in and bought a card holder. Well, uh, mate, they serve some nice champagne and some tequila and whatnot. But yeah, like these are some of the experiences that you, just a kid from Langata, is never really supposed to do this so yeah very very grateful and, and lucky that we were able to do something like that
0: is there any other pinch yourself moments where you look back and whether it was an off-season trip or just sitting there going Fuck, how did yeah. i get here
1: all the time oh like when we did our um what would you call it fact-finding mission about trying to go and look at all the facilities in the world um we flew with the ceo and board member at the time gunners liam shields and i to london went through aston villa arsenal and St George's Park which is England's um, training facility from there we flew to America went through the Baltimore Ravens and New York Jets um, and was able to throw in some sport we were at Wayne Rooney's 100th cap at Wembley yeah. went to um, a couple of basketball games and then I was actually at the game where Odell Beckham catches that one for the Giants against Fire the Cowboys on, um, at MetLife so that was all in one trip so you, you, like again you're a country boy you're at MetLife Stadium watching Odell Beckham make arguably the greatest catch in NFL history. That's not supposed to happen.
0: It's unbelievable. <laughs> Very special. Yeah, can't imagine that. You've done some cool, cool things, my friend. Plenty of chapters that have happened. Plenty more to come. Yeah. Um, moving on to uh, obviously a quite a serious chapter, but your battle with with skin cancer. Yeah. Um, it's I suppose publicly like even when I was playing this stage, it was it was big. Like it was it was really big. Um, are you happy to sort of talk about that and yeah. the, the journey you've been I'm on fine. with, with yeah. it all and, and how it sort of um, took yep. place? And w- what what is the, the earliest memory you have of, oh, of I, it?
1: <laughs> I, can, I know all the moments, yeah. yeah. Like from – we played Essendon on a Sunday um, at the G. We won, played pretty well. The Friday I'd had this um, blister on my lip, just was there for a while. Looking back it was there far too long. But I finally went and said, look, this is – Keeps knocking. Um, When I keep drying myself in the shower, um, bleeds a little bit. And they said, oh, I'll just go get a... So I had a punch biopsy done Friday before we played Essendon. Monday got the call. Yep. Oh, we think it's a... We think it's a nothing to worry about. You know, yada, yada, yada. Monday, melanoma. um, You're getting it cut out. And I was thinking, right, we we play Collingwood on Friday night. I'll miss that. Have it cut out. I'll be back playing in a week. And our doc who's been... um, my doctor or our doctor since I was part of the AIS All-Australian team in 04 Michael McDesey he said not nah, you're in tomorrow and I was like what do you mean and it's like it's not that bad and I remember they had to they said the plastic surgeon who did it who funnily enough this is I had one cut out on Monday Not nothing bad but every spot now that he, see, he sees he's just like I'll just take it out so um, he said you're going to have a quarter of your bottom lip cut out so and because normal ones you see on your back and legs they spread this one grew like a carrot so it grew down so that's why they had to cut like a v out of your lip i guess um and i remember going into surgery i remember him standing in the corner and it's like oh you're just looking at the scans and whatnot to prepare he's like no no i'm just doing a playlist (laughs) for the surgery and i was like you're either that confident and comfortable that you know what you're doing and i'm thinking mate you're about to chop my face. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I was like, do you need me to shave? nut? Nah, I'll line your beard all up. No worries. So, Arnold, um, who's the plastic surgeon who did it, you know, great. Still see him all the time. You know, these guys are, are yes, doctors and patients, but they're now friends. So, um, I come out of surgery. I missed two weeks of footy and you think it's done. I'd, I'd been through, seen doctors, um, whether it be, do I need radiology? Do I need chemo? We'd had all the scans, nah, nothing, you're all good. So, um, miss the two weeks, play. Um, lucky enough, this is all the back half of 15, so play the grand final, everything's good to go. Um, <clears throat> live, live life normal. Have a follow up scan, nothing. So it's like, right, two in a row, that's good. Um, get married in January. Uh, then I get told PCL in my knee, so I'm out for 12 to 16 weeks, no worries. Um, I'm close to coming back to play, which is about May, and I have my third follow-up scan, and I go in. And what you do with PET scans, you have a – you fast, you go in, you have a glucose um, put in your body, you rest for an hour and a half, and what happens is the glucose attracts itself to any tumours if they're in your body. It also now can tell if you've got injuries and whatnot as well, so it'll go to like a crack in your back or if you've got a hammy or something like that. But I remember – and I used to have a week in between um, scan and results, which now I couldn't do because you've got a week of thinking time. Whereas mm. at the time it's like, yep, I had my scan, go in on the Monday, walk in and Grant, my says, how are you feeling? I said, yep, good, knees good, hopefully playing in a couple of weeks. Um, and he goes, oh, well, we're in a bit of trouble. And I was like, all right, where, where is it? If I got a freckle that's just a bit angry? Um, and he pulls up your scan, he goes, no, you've got um, four little tumors about the size of your thumbnail on your lungs, so two each side. And I was like, right, what, what does it mean? What do we do from here? And you, you have all these thoughts go through your head. And I'm thinking we're doing a renovation at home. I'm living in four bedrooms or four rooms basically in the house. So I'm like, and I'm not to know what's going to come of it in terms of how crook I was getting it and stuff like this. But the moment, and I'm with Doc McDesey and he goes, "What do you want to do?" This is a Monday night at about four o'clock. I said, I'm, "I'm driving straight at the footy club. I've got no idea what I'm going to do because that's the safest place for me, bar home." So, I jump on the f- jump on a punt road ring geordie he's on the way home from the review i say mate can you turn around and come back he's like what's the matter and i said um you just got to come back please and then i just broke down there i remember driving all the way to waverley sitting there and then i saw clarko jack Fags, doc and we just i just cried for like a half an hour because you're just scared you don't know what's going to happen then george's like all right well you have we're gonna have to go home now and i'm like yep so i'm and sarah's going where are you what are you doing mm. and i'm like oh, i'll be home soon don't worry like and because i can't tell her over her text message you can't call her and then i'm like i walk in and jordan um rung sarah's sister got my brother around because we we're going to tell them and then you walk in and, and she's like where have you been what's been going on and then you sit down and tell her and you know tears and whatnot so yeah i can i know it quite well um and then from then it's like right what what's the plan of attack so um had said there's a trial that's going really well at the moment. Um, it's not on the PBS, um, so it's it's quite hexy, um, but it's doing wonderful things. So um, through some amazing people, Jeff Harris, the Footy Club, who managed to get some money to pay for this, and I always used to ring them up because it'd take so long for me getting to the hospital to um, <coughs> for me getting to the hospital. And then sitting there waiting, but they had to wait until they saw me in the building until they started making this drug because because it cost so much at the time, they couldn't let it go to waste. So um, I'd had a biopsy where they went in and got one um, and just to 100% make sure it was melanoma. Um, and then we started treatment.
0: That is unbelievable. Um, yeah, mate, thanks so much for sharing that. Fuck, I was. Yeah, seriously, seriously. Seriously incredible story An um, incredible journey That you've been on with that mm. I, I'm I'm amazed I've probably got 50 million questions on that But yeah. one one is How hard is this And even if you can go to, Is the hardest part of it Telling your family and friends
1: Yeah yeah Oh yeah uh, I, So I cried Ring and Cried ring and Sarah Rang mum and dad Got upset And then the next Next day Because Clarko knew So I, I rocked up for training And, and the boys like he trained I said oh no, nah, I've got some other things going on and then he I had to watch him train and then wait until after training to tell him and i remember you know you don't walk in i walked in with a towel on my shoulders cuz i knew what was going to happen mm. straight away um and so telling them yeah it was the hardest thing you know you do as a footy player really because it's not like you're retiring this is different to retiring so um yeah that's they're they're the, they're the i suppose the times that you remember most because they're when you're at your rawest and most open i guess but you needed to go through that too. How
0: painful was the process with the, with the, the, the clinical trial drug? Yeah.
1: No, it, so I guess you're a guinea pig for it as well because when I went in, there was me and a guy who was, I think, 70, mid-70s that were on this combination drug. Everyone was talking about Katruda, which is um, the late um, Ron Walker had um, fought so hard to get in Australia. This one was a combination of two different drugs. So I remember the first time um, I went in, um had it done no worries it was over like three or four hours of first um treatment and then i was lucky enough to go away in that break um I, cam and i got to go to the nba finals in 16. so i had a three-week gap in between each one And so i got first one no worries there's only four treatments that you're supposed to have with this second one i remember having it and then the next day i was knocked a my ass. like sweating in bed um no energy nothing like I couldn't – like up until then, I was still kind of training with the boys and just that was my outlet really. It got to the stage where after the third one, it took three weeks to recover in between second and third and I thought, right, I've got this. And then the third one, no good again. So what happened was my body was basically full of the drug and it had started to turn on other parts of my body. So Mm -hmm. I had four different side effects, whether it be my eyes were inflamed, lungs were inflamed, liver wasn't working and my feet um it started to eat the nerves in my feet so i kind of said look i can deal with the others but if i ever get back to playing footy i kind of need my feet so can we help us out and that's when they stopped it and i had to go on a steroid for a little bit to try and balance me out mm. um and then we attacked the side effects with some other drugs and by the end of so this was between may and december that all happened and then december they said yep you're a you're in the clear. Like, you don't have to do any more drugs. You don't have to... It had worked so well. You'd had a complete response. And basically from December 16 through till now, I've had scans every three, four, six months. Unbelievable, mate. It's, it's,
0: it's unbelievable. you credit to yourself. And I can only imagine the, the impact. I think in, in footy and in life, all you want to do is have impact on other people. Yeah. And doing what you've done in footy, you know, winning four flags, making people's lives and supporters. But I think the cancer journey and the hope you would have given so many other people going through this would probably be nearly more rewarding in a way like
1: yeah um (laughs) it's rewarding but in the same way you don't wish you had to go through it yeah um you know i've told the story you go through the wards at um peter mac and people would give you a cuddle or because i was the youngest i was the second youngest by a long way like i was 29 and there's you see a lot of people that are you know 40 50 60 70 and then i remember another young kid that was in there just maybe 20 years old and you'd you'd have chats with patients and doctors and nurses and whatnot. And because you are in the public spotlight, you kind of – you don't have a choice to just do it in private. Um, you At the end of the day, you're, you're a patient now. You're not a footy player there. So, um, they were quite – everyone was quite respectful. But at the same time, you were, I suppose, a little bit – you had a bit of self-doubt because you didn't want to be that person that yeah. had cancer. But at the same time, yeah, you, for the amount of things that you've done now with it and um, people you've spoken to and stuff like that, yeah, you I mean – you happily will help anyone else really i
0: didn't know you before this but i think something that could be prevalent in the story is how much has going through the 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 illness and also the birth of your two kids changed perspective for you like in in life (laughs) heaps
1: yeah all you knew was footy 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 growing up leave home at 17 at the time you play 12 13 years of footy and it's like yep this is just what life or this is what you thought it was going to be and then you go through something like that and it's like when doc said you're in the clear i expect you to live to be a granddad it's like i hadn't even had kids yet and when he says that it's like oh this is pretty cool so then having pippa and then having will you know two and a half years later um you understand that they're not gonna like will doesn't know that i played footy and he's Mm. not gonna know for a long time pippa was in a photo on my last game but she's got no idea that dad was all right at footy so um to them you're just that and when you get home from work or footy they don't care if yeah, you've had a good or a shit up. day yeah. yeah so you know that takes a bit of getting used to as well because as a as an athlete you're selfish and you've got to be but i wouldn't have it any other way now
0: yeah it's unbelievable mate it's uh it is huge and i know you're a big big family man and um you gotta shoot off after this to go look after the
1: kids <laughs> Um, People always say it's like, are you babysitting? It's like, well, it's not really It's cause cause, your kids. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> just looking after my own <laughs> family. Yeah. That's what your
0: fathers do. Yeah. I suppose it's weirdly. Um, what's next for you, mate? Um, everything you've achieved, um, it's been incredible. I can't see taking the foot off the pedal. Um, is there anything else you want to tick off or you're loving your work at the moment? Just want to further yourself in that field?
1: Yeah. Oh, you're basically an apprentice now when it comes to footy admin life. So, mm. Learning as best as I can there. Um, I do have a passion for list management. Whether, yeah. you know, you, what happens with salary caps and whatnot this next couple of years, you've probably got to get your head around. But, you know, you're probably still four or five years off that. Just, you've got to learn everything about the business side and relationships and whatnot. But I don't think, I, I, don't, I don't know anything other than footy. I tried to do a landscape gardening apprenticeship when I was playing um, and I finished it, but I don't think I'll be digging up holes and, no, you know, big wet rocks in winter and whatnot. No. No. So, yeah, uh, I think now that you're finished, it's just it's exciting for what's next because I'm only 34. Um, so you're not putting a ceiling on anything or saying, right, I only have to work to 50. It'd be nice. But yeah, who knows what's next.
0: With, with the list management stuff, and I know that's in, an incredible role. It, from my perspective, and it'd be interesting if you've had the same one, but it is such a tough role yeah. for relationship to players that you alluded to because 10 of the players on your list are your best mates. You're paying them good cash. But the other 30... Yeah. are either, under, not underpaid, but they're either think they're worth more and then the 10 don't even know if they're getting a deal. Yep. That Have you thought about that? Like, is that something that's yeah. really tough? Like, I remember Stephen having a chat with Stephen Savani about it when I finished at Carlton yep. and we had this sort of embrace and he's like, you know, I can't be your best mate when I am look potentially going to take it away. It's yeah. such an awkward position sometimes. Well,
1: you almost judge jury and executioner. So, I think if you're honest from the start and you're not, because it's different players are always going to be players managers are the ones that are basically the ones that you're fighting against they want what's what's best for the player and you understand that but you're trying you're representing the club so because I've been as a player and you know you've been through negotiations you've got an understanding of what has to happen there but on the club side of things too you want what's best for footy club so you can't stuff up a salary cap for one player but i think as long as you're honest in this and you're not lying and trying to win everything mm. i think yeah, that's all you can do really because at the end of the day, players will understand that, yep, not everyone gets 15 years in 250 games. So, I think the average life is four years in a AFL player now. Mm. So, by the time you come out, you can be bitter and twisted and angry, or you can be like, right, I've had a great opportunity, but it just didn't work out. What's next for me? You know, because a lot of your mates, if you get the four years, have done a uni degree, have done a trade, and so you're out on your ass at 22. What are you going to do? Mm. You can't just expect that you're going to live that life again. So I think, yeah, the relationships is key, as you said, but being honest with them as well because you don't want to lie and, and treat them. Because at the end of the day, there's some kids, you know, son. Yeah.
0: You know. 100%. Yeah. It's a livelihood. Last question on that is looking at a list build now and yep. a structure, what do you go for first? If you're building a list from scratch now, ideally for you, and it's worked pretty well, from you know, getting you into Hawthorne with the boys, but how would you build a list like from scratch? What do you think is the most important to do? Is it to build the spine? Is it yeah, to get a good leader? I, think, I
1: think spines are key early. If you can get a good spine, you can add pieces around. If you get a couple of... And key forwards don't come around often. Do they that. don't.
0: They don't at all. <laughs> you though. look at the Blues <laughs> now. The if, if
1: Charlie Curnow was fit, having McKay and to Curnow it. together yeah. would be... Huge. People People would just pay to rock up to see those two. There's a bit of Buddy and uh, Ruffy about that. You can say that. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Are
0: you happy with that? I was, I was thinking maybe that was an offence. No, it doesn't yeah, matter me. Yeah. But they've still
1: got to do it. They've still
0: got to win four. There you go. <laughs> <to> win
1: four <laughs> So I think, <laughs> you know, if you can get two key forwards, you can add smalls, midfielders. Yeah, uh, the the midfielders change. Like, Paddy Cripps is taller than me. Yeah. So it's completely changed to what it used to be back in the day. But I think when you, if you can get some key tools, whether they'll be backs or forwards, um, you can build around them for sure. And just on this one, I've I said last question 10 yep. times, but... The plays at the moment I've been,
0: you know, looking at not the middle list manager, but you look at players for a long time. There's been like a bit of a starvation of key forwards, yep. like since you know you guys and that big powerful crop of coming through. Yeah. Now you've got guys like uh, obviously Max and Ben King, um, Riley Phil Thorpe. Yep. I still can't really say that very <laughs> well. Um, Jamar Hagen, Aaron Norton, um, and obviously Harry Mackay Charlie Kerno. These guys. Yeah. Without picking um, Max. Fucking if I got that right. Who, <laughs> who would you pick? No, oh, Charlie.
1: Charlie, it was amazing to watch. Yeah, and uh, we're all robbed because of what's happened with his knees the last couple of years. But he can run like Ed, but he can sit on your head. He can kick goals. Wrong. I didn't mean that. That's a good role. Yeah, you can use it. But <laughs> he, <laughs> honest, like he was that night. He kicked five against the Tigers in round one a couple of years ago. It was like this kid is going to set the world yeah. on fire. So you kind of. Yeah, you're, you're angry that his knee has flared up, but hopefully he can get back. But seeing Harry, as I said, if those two get on a roll, it's like Danaher and Hipwood and these guys up in Brisbane, like yeah, Joey, uh, Joshie Kennedy and Darling over West. Like There is enough out there, but if mm. you can get two, God, they're good to watch.
0: It is. And do you know what's sort of crazy, going back to the thing before, is the the draft. Not that I'm comparing these players, but you've got Harry Mackay. So Charlie Kerner, Harry Mackay picked up yeah. and Weedering yeah. in one, but it sort of was that three pick that was... Bolt's coming in. He wanted that type yeah. of thing going forward, um, which is a credit to Hawthorne's success on it. But, mate, cannot thank you enough for coming in today. Um, absolutely honored and, and to call you a friend. Yep. Thank you. Uh, now, friend of the show. And, uh, yeah, can't thank you enough, mate. Best of luck for the future going forward. Um, yeah, it's truly an honor to have you in for a chat. So, no. thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Dil. Man, I mean, 100-plus episodes, you're doing some good things too, mate. So, well done. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> thanks, mate.
0: <laughs> If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. An exclusive loyalty subscription featuring the debrief podcast of each episode and bonus Q&As from Patreon members like this. Do you know we actually have played against each other? At the G. The one that I'm alluding to is at Had Stadium or Marvel Stadium. You beat it for 157 points. Do you remember that game? <laughs> Yeah I
1: did my PCL that night.
0: You did your PCL That was yeah. Sam Docky Coming through Yeah Do you know that I could have killed you <laughs> I didn't want to go I didn't want to go back With the flight Because I remember Doc just come out of nowhere yeah. Yeah. I was like We're down by 100 Yeah settle down doc like, right. I walked off like a, you walked was, off if we, if we look at the vision of that I pull up really short <laughs> I was just sailor. Like, oh yeah. you trains come
1: and get you off the go. tracks <laughs> you go
0: and there's plenty more where that came from if you'd like to learn more you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends or you can head to the link in the show notes thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast if you like the show it'd be a massive help if you could like follow rate leave a review or even share with your friends